Welcome to the Penny Bloom Podcast. Ain't another place that has got more bombast. Rump past your mom, dad's listening to Tomcast. Talking everything that make you sad. We don't want that. We're here to make you smile. Put your mind at ease. Peace, love, and bloom, and always praise Keanu Reeves. This what we about. Get some weeding now. We'll talk until we can't no more, and then we peace and out. All right, let's go. Penny Bloom Podcast. It's the Penny Bloom Podcast. Penny Bloom Podcast. Hello, everybody, and welcome in to Rebellion's Bloom, our Star Wars umbrella show here on the Penny Bloom podcast. And today we are covering both The Mandalorian Season 3, Episodes 5 and 6. And uh, they were fun. They were some goodies. I'm Colton Robertson. I'm joined by Joseph George. What's up, homie? Oh, what up, what up? Always a pleasure to be here. Always a pleasure to have you. And as I said, we are covering Chapter 5 and 6. This mm. is The Pirate and Guns for Hire. These are some pretty simple episodes, pretty straightforward. Mm-hmm. And frankly, I had a great time watching them. Yeah. Uh, episode 5, a, a fun one directed by Peter Ramsey, who directed uh, Into the Spider-Verse, who I think... I think you can get a little bit of those notes like this is someone who is familiar with directing animation and knows how to position his camera and and relative to the Mm -hmm. actors. And because, man, the way he shot Paz Vizsla in this episode was beautiful for me. I loved seeing Paz Vizsla on screen in this one. Oh, yeah, I think, you know, on first watch of these episodes, um, I think our expectations were a little higher because we're like, all right, the season's got to get rolling. We're like expecting so much. And then, we, Mm. you know, we get. The stories, you know, just some laid back, I don't know. Like, we get the Pirate King here, and it's it's really fun. Um, you, you know, you get Zeb, you get Carson Teva going around. We get we get a little bit of Rangers of the New Republic um, mm. in this episode. And, and kind of once, the rewatch of this episode was much, much better. Um, whenever I just knew what it was, um, and I don't know, could could just enjoy it. Like, uh, on first watch, I was so focused on Zeb. And everything, you know, when he popped up that I didn't even know, Dave Filoni, Deborah Chow, like... Or, and Rick Famuyiwa yeah, are all Yeah, they're, like, all shot. just chilling right there, um, yep. which was really cool. Um, and I don't know, like, um, I really enjoyed the Carson Tiva stuff. At first, I was kind of throwing it off, and I'm like, um, man, I, I really want to get, like, going with this story, but now... I adore that character, man. Like, mm-hmm. if I want them to revive the Rangers series... And make him the lead. Give Paul <laughs> Sung Hyung Lee the, yeah. the the love there. Just go ahead and make him the guy. Like, you know, because uh, that scene he, between him, Kane, and the requisitions officer. Yeah. Um, Tim Meadows, how, by the way, who is hilarious. Yeah. Like a, um, uh, just a funny oh, no. addition to Star Wars. Yeah. Don't place it there. That's my work area. Ah oh, man. Slides more work on. Um, yeah. Like <laughs> that. I don't know. That that is. You know, these two episodes, we just get a bunch of people that you would never expect to see in Star Wars and Star Wars now. And it, it doesn't matter, you know, at the end of the like, it's not going to affect anything. It was just more fun. And it made the episode. Well, and I will I will argue that these episodes do f- like, you know, and in retrospect, because we are recording this post episode seven. It's been a couple mm-hmm. weeks since we re- since we watched or since we recorded on it. So we do have the benefit of hindsight now with where the story has gone. And. That episode just vastly improves earlier episodes, you know, like this episode made it clear, like set in stone that Bo-Katan was going to be is our main character for the season. 
mm. you know, because it was a little it was a little up in the air. There was still some split screen time between Din and Bo. And I would say that that's still the case here. But that conversation at the end with the armorer, whenever Paz is like, the armorer would like to speak with you. <laughs> and then uh, they just Hell go yeah. straight down there and she's like, remove your helmet. Like, uh, dude, that shit was hard. It, it, and like, that's yeah. you. You have walked both worlds. You can unite the tribes. Like I was like. Okay, so this is this is what this has been about, and I'm so glad that we're finally getting there. Um, and not Let to it. say that they haven't even come close to getting there. You know, like with them going to Mandalore in Episode Two, I'd say that's the closest we've come to acknowledging any of this, the the overarching story of the season uh, in the first half. But uh, like, if you watch Episodes mm-hmm. Two, Five, Six, Seven, oh buddy, that's some good that's some good shit right there. That's true, and that, that kind of feels like that's what it was supposed to be. Mm-hmm. Um, and then they're like, well, we have to slot Rangers in here somewhere. Uh, if it's there, splice sure. Some, splice some um, more in there. And don't get me wrong. Like 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 I'll say on the next episode, episode three is the best, mm-hmm. the, the second best episode of this show so far. And uh, But regardless, mm-hmm. I, loved, I loved that this finally gave us a little bit more of a solid direction with yeah. Bo-Katan is going to be the goal here. She is what we're trying to boost up. And then... Uh, in episode six, we come to the conclusion of that episode. She's reclaimed the dark saber. We've got the Mandalorians back in her corner. We're we're thriving, and it's like okay, here mm. we fucking go. You know, like yeah. that's a uh, that's the shit I like. Steam was building, um, and I don't know. I I like the switch to Bo-Katan. I like that it's it's not just they're gonna stick with Din and keep forcing Din to be the main character. Um, well, if, you and, know, you know what's interesting is we've we've discussed previously how it feels like they've kind of undone Din's arc a bit from season two, because he's put the helmet back on and stuff. And that kind of felt like the, frankly, it felt like the conclusion, what probably should have been the conclusion of a story. If they're just trying to tell the story, uh, instead of just trying to milk it and keep it going. But the, the choice to (laughs) pivot and go Mm -hmm. with a new main character because your main character from the last two seasons has kind of completed his journey, you know, uh, you know, they put it all back on the table. So it's an, it's, we're going to do the same thing that we've done with Bogotan where in clone wars, it was like, Oh, maybe she's the one we should follow rebels. It was like, Oh, maybe you should get the dark saber. This one. It's like, Oh, maybe you should get the dark saber. Uh, we're doing the same thing with Dan. Maybe you should take off your helmet. Oh, maybe you should take off your helmet. Oh, maybe you should take off your helmet. Uh, so, uh, I'm okay with it. It's just that, like, uh, I think it was a good way to put the story on someone else and not make it so repetitive for Din. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Yeah, no, Din Din is finally, you know, now, after Episode 7, I, I like, and seeing everything back. Like, I see where everything's going, and I'm much more okay with everything. I'm just letting it happen. Um, But, I mean, I thought but Bo-Katan was my uh, shoe-in here for character. Um. For the episode, because I don't know, it is kind of clear here that we're kind of going with Bo-Katan now, but I think, actually, character-wise, I'm going with Carson Tiva for Ooh. this episode. Like uh, just because he, like, he he's the one doing it, you know? It's not going to be done if he doesn't go there. He's like, well, they're not going to listen to me over the phone, or over, I don't know, over communications, whatever. I gotta, I gotta take myself there. I gotta do it myself. They're not going to ignore me face-to-face. He mm. marches straight into that office, and he's like, yo. This what this what's happening. This is what I need. And you got Kane coming in there, just spitting empire 
Wow. Like, holy fuck. Like, I was... Well, and then the fact that the requisitions officer is like, Tiva, you're out of line. Like, bro, no, he's not. She is saying that you should let this world she suffer. Said, I was reborn, and, like, smiling, too. Like, oh, let them suffer, and then, like, that's when she smiles, and it's like, yeah, we should teach him a lesson, and then, like... It's an awful um, imperial well, way of thinking. Yeah, and she's like, oh, uh, you people weren't, uh something like you were captured or something like that like you mm. you weren't saved you were captured and she said no i was reborn or something like that yeah. you know and then that's when they were like well all right carson tv you're out of line here bud you need to ch-. And it's like did you just hear what the old fascists <laughs> do you said right here like you i don't know like they were hey I'm, man i'm all for second chances but when she's saying you should let a world suffer because they're not a member world you know maybe the the perspective that you should teach them a lesson as to why they should join the new republic and not help them is innately imperial what would draw them to to the new republic is if you help them without expecting anything in return you know what i'm saying like if you just go you're not in a member world but we're here to help that would be so much more enticing than going ah man that sucks you probably should have been a member world huh like so what the fuck it's it's the New Republic's just, I think it's its more of just, the Emperor's dead, they blew up the another day, the war's over, let's just celebrate, holy fuck, that war sucked, let's Life's just chill. Life's easy now. Yeah, Life's let's just easy now. chill, and that just gave, you know, the Shadow Council and Thrawn and all of these people the perfect way to, to come back and, you know, we, we see what happens in the sequels, and we, it takes time to get there, but we see how it how it's happening now. It's very clear, um, and I think it's it's a really good take on, you know, kind of enriching the sequel trilogy, but also just right now in the current war, like, I don't know, just everything. It's just, it's hitting kind of everywhere right now. It yeah. hits for the sequel trilogy. It hits for, like, just, I feel like it, I don't know, if you can't really get behind the the message they're trying to send here, you know, like, stop fascist people and like in, you know yeah. imperial people then i don't i don't know we got more oh, problems there but like Might be um, fucking up. but i don't know I, I think now like i'm uh i'm in a much better mindset about this season and uh i don't know these two episodes like yeah they were they're just fun little additions that that just keep enriching um mm. the, the backstory and everything no, yeah, absolutely. I, lo- I love that. You know, uh, wh- where you went Carson Tiva in episode five for your favorite character, I went Paz Vizsla. Mm. Uh, and it's also in conjunction with my favorite scene mm. is Paz Vizsla stepping up and going, you know, why should we fight? And they're <laughs> like, everyone uh, out, though. And everyone's first. like, yeah, you know what? Why should we? This is yeah. bullshit. Why? Because we are Mandalorians. And he's like, and everyone's, everyone's like, like oh, oh, yeah, of course. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> I, I called that Paz Vizsla's call an ambulance, but not for me moment. You know, like he that's so a, did that. Yeah. He so yeah faked everyone out, but but it got everyone riled up, you know. And you, I have disagreed with this man on almost every occasion. Yeah, uh, I I basically hate his every fiber. But he say help save my son, and so <laughs> yeah, and then Boca. I don't know. It, it was it was hype. Um, and the the you know using the freaking hammer as a talking stick is just hilarious. Um, and how Din had to be like, like I have the talking stick. Listen to me right now, guys. Come on, you're getting a little loud. Um, but. I don't know, Paz, 
you're right about knowing how to shoot him this episode. Dude. And that was part of it. It was just the way he was photographed. Everything looked so good if Paz Vizsla was in the shot. And, like, so he got got my scene and he got my character because... And he got my shot because Paz Vizsla with two Mandos behind him uh, whenever he was holding his gun up. Dude, it was hard as fuck. Was nice. Yeah, my shot includes Paz as well. It's Paz and Bo-Katan walking down the spiral staircase with that little Mm. circle window in the top just shining down the light. Like... Ooh, was looking Gorgeous. so nice. And I guess he kind of gets my scene a little bit. He initiates it. He's, the armorer wants to speak with you. And then it's whenever yeah, she actually that. just speaks to the armorer herself. Right. Uh, whenever Bo and, Bo and her talk. But uh, very short-lived Paz, you know, in that little scene. Little Paz but, inclusion. He walks Bo there and is like, all yeah. right, cool. You you guys got this. And then he Yeah, tipped. but it, it gave me my favorite shot, though, of him just walking her down there. So, hey, got to give it that. Very cool. Um, very cool. Yeah, no, it was a it was a strong episode for Paz Vizsla, and uh, just the way I love the way that this reminded me of like, did you ever play Battlefront two? Not uh, maybe the I the old one, the old or one like or the, the new uh, the new one is more specifically what I'm talking about because they had this game mode called mm. called Supremacy, where you try to advance through whatever map, taking out your enemy. Like it was, it felt exactly like a level of Star Wars Battlefront. Oh, Supremacy. really? And it was a, wow. uh, it was very cool in that in that way. I really, really fucked with it. And hmm. Paz Vizsla was a lot of the, uh, a lot of the initiation for the way the battle scenes went. And uh, oh, I see that. That's actually kind of yeah. I don't know. It was the they shot it super well, showing it like from above how they were pinned down and like getting mm-hmm. shot from all angles. Yeah, it was it was really sick. And if they were the if they, they were still that. updating Battlefront two, Navarro would be a map there now. Like this. Uh, That's true. Like yeah. it's it it looks straight out of a video game like it's they built positioned it. everything like it's yeah. there was there was a shot in episode seven that i forgot to mention but it was just because of the vfx and the volume and everything but it's whenever grief cargo's just talking with uh his his droid basically out on the like deck mm-hmm. of navarro and in the reflection of the droid that droid is like spotless he's clean you can just see everything around them and it's like you see grief in the reflection you see like the balcony of like above them and then like down into navarro like off the reflection of this robot it's like it's crazy it's just like they built all of navarro like in the volume like they have yeah they like they for sure have all of that built um and that's like that's why the announcement of like the or no that's never mind that's dc i keep thinking that it's like the games are supposed to be canon but like it would just Hmm. be so easy for them to just port them over to like a video game and let us just run wild and right. the current episodes of like, I don't know. That'd be, that'd be so sick if they're like, um, what I need is star Wars battlefront three. So that like, I yeah. can re- like just like, all the imagine shit that we've gotten in Obi-Wan and, and uh, like Ferrix. imagine oh. a map of Ferrix, bro. That'd be oh so fucking cool. God. Narkina five. Oh, Freaking escaping the out prison, of there. Something yeah, like the that. Prison system. Oh. Yeah. Like dude, it would be so cool. Dude. Okay. Yeah. They need to okay. They need to get on it. Somebody yeah. get on it. Um, but bringing up uh, grief, Karga though um, steals the performance of the episode. I think one thousand percent. Carl Weathers really, got mine. There's not really anyone else who really gives that much of a performance. Um, it's it's a lot. You know, it's exposition it's a lot of heavy, action, action um, heavy too. Yeah, yeah. And, and a lot of exposition. Like Bo-Katan, whenever she's talking, it's just like. All right, this is just what we're gonna do. Like, and this is—it's all happening kind of fast, so we need to let you know what's about to happen. Like, kind of mm-hmm. a lot of fast thing, you know, a lot of moving parts. So, I mean, it's kind of a little exposition heavy, but um, 
I love when when Grief Cargus gets up, you know, on his on his on his platform. Citizens of Navarro, you know, and he just just starts talking to them all, and you know, how how do we know we're gonna be saved? Who's coming? How do, you know? And everyone's afraid. Yeah. And he just he gets everyone to calm down. Yeah, and, and I don't know. I, he actually just had a Help presence. Is on episode, the yeah. way, you know. Yeah. Like uh, I yeah. loved it, and the the scene at the end. Uh, whenever he's given the speech to thank the Mandalorians, hey, yeah, actually yeah. gets my favorite line in that. Uh, so Ooh. Carl Weathers' Karga got my favorite line and favorite performance. So my episode was dominated by Paz okay. and Karga. That was it. Nice. Um, yeah. And it's when he said, uh, you may not have a home planet, but now you have a home. That was thank nice. Yeah. And I just love the way he's like, he's so clearly presenting himself as like a, he speaks almost like a politician, which is hilarious. <laughs> like, uh, I know he's not technically, but he's basically a mayor, you know, the magistrate. Yeah, That's essentially he's, what he's doing. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> he's I in love charge it, all these people and, yeah. and all their safety. He's got to make he looks them feel after safe. them, man. I, yeah. I love me some grief, Karga. And Carl Weathers performs that character so well. You know, we talk about, uh, we talked about it recently, the way the original trilogy is performed. And I talk about how. You know, in the sequel trilogy, the best example of it is probably Oscar Isaac's Poe Dameron. I don't think anyone does it in The Mandalorian like Carl Weathers' Grief Cargo. Like, I think that's, he fits that vibe perfectly as well. Like, it's, uh, there's always one in every show where it's like, oh, that person is thoroughly influenced by the acting style in the original trilogy. And Carl Weathers is that guy um, in The Mandalorian. He's he's yeah. too good. I got my line uh, is more fun more uh it's it's right before that moment it's right you know pirate king goes down kaboom and then you you go to babu frick it's gonna be okay it's gonna be okay um i don't know it's i thought it's okay it's gonna be yeah, okay like, they talk in like broken english they talk in like weird english and, and and sometimes like not english at all and then they're just like it's gonna be okay it's gonna like i don't know like i, I thought it was just hilarious there is um, a moment in episode seven and I didn't point it out when we sorry everybody. We keep referencing the fact that we've already recorded episode seven. And it's because we did. We recorded it last night and we decided we'd come back around to five and six, put them out at the same time, et cetera, et cetera. But uh there's an episode there's a part in episode seven where whenever Babu Frick climbs out of IG twelve and he's ready to get like Grogu walks past him, he goes, No squeezy, bad baby, bad baby, uh, no and then yeah. in the subtitles it says speaks and zelen, but if you listen to what the Anzel and like what he's saying, it sounds exactly like I'm out, motherfucker. No way. Yeah, I sent it to you on Twitter. It sounds the ex it sounds exactly like that. He goes, "No, squeezy, bad baby," and as he's walking away, he goes, "I'm out, motherfucker." <laughs> no way. Oh, Babu Frick is just coming in with the bangers. That you know, the, I don't know. Like, who would have thought Babu Frick in this? You know, this season, dude. I love it. I love Babu. It's gonna be okay. It's gonna be okay. I don't know. Just a feel good okay, moment. Now, Pirate then no problem. We fix. Love it. Ah, oh, man. Okay. I'm not motherfucker. No, yeah. I, I love. I love me some Babu Frick. But I think um, that covers all the favorites for four or uh, five. For five. Sorry, yes. Um, before we get into a rating, though, I'm gonna give you my first piece of my. It's question time. It's question oh, let's time, go. baby. Let's go. Uh, and this is kind of a two parter. It all pertains to HBO premiere television. Okay. Uh, Game of Thrones and Westworld specifically, both shows you have watched. Um, so in Mandalorian season three, episode five, there are two voice actors. We do not see their actual face who are supporting characters in Game of Thrones. One in season two and the other in season four. Who are they? 
Okay. Voice actors in this episode. Mm-hmm. Oh, it's at the very beginning. It's the two lovebirds. But who the heck is am I am I that's, right? Um that's episode six. I'm talking episode five specifically. Never mind. Okay, no. Oh, I thought that was the opening for five. Okay, good. Then I'm okay. I would have been very wrong. Very, very wrong. And the key voice here actor. is that you do not see their face. Okay. They're okay. a voice they're a voice actor because they might not be in the suit for the most of the episode. Uh, but for most of the episode supporting characters in Game of Thrones Game of Thrones each of them show up in one season the first in season 2 the second in season 4 oh I'm fucked here I gotta like I gotta pull up just like the shots and just see who's who showed up here and who would be Yeah, I mean, in a can't don't see their face. You see the character. You you don't see the actor's face. Okay. Is it? It's not Gorian Shard, is it? Oh. Is it who? I don't know who voice acts him though. Who could be that? It is. It is Gorian Shard. Wow. He is Zaro Zoandoxis in season two. He 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 declares Sumai. Um Nanzo Anazi. He is the voice of Gorian Shard. Um and the other is our main character, Pedro Pascal, the Mandalorian. He's oh, Oberyn Martell. I'm just that oh yeah, you were, you I, were thinking too, even, you, I was thinking, thinking two side character. It. Yeah, I didn't even think of oh yeah, Pedro's coming up here in a little bit. Uh god dang it. Okay, but at least I, I I'm like Half right on one of them. I just yeah. got the character, but didn't know it was Zara. So I'm like, I'm still like pretty much zero percent. But I'll give me like no, a, no, maybe you, like you, a point five. Yeah, or something. You, you get a little bit. You get a little bit there. I'll give you some credit. <laughs> and the second part of this question is, uh, this one is the one that there is absolutely no fucking chance you get. I'm just gonna um, take a shot in the dark. I'm just yeah. gonna go. Two actors in this episode mm-hmm. appear in Westworld. In even more minor roles than Zaro Zomadoxis and Oberyn Martell. Like, I'm talking tiny, teeny, teeny, tiny roles. So, like, there's a very good chance you don't get this. But uh, what characters do they play in The Mandalorian? And I can give you the actors' names and stuff. And this is episode... The Pirate. Episode five. episode 5. I have another... I have one more question for episode 6 yeah. whenever we get okay. to it. Okay. In, in minor roles in Westworld. Okay. Um... Zeb. Whoever. Steve Bloom does not appear okay. in Westworld. That's my first guess and my second guess. Minor, minor role. I, I guess, is it... Do we see their face? Um, You actually don't see either of these actors' faces. Okay. So again... A little bit of a voice acting thing, but I think they're actually, I think they are practical. Like, I think they do, they are there. You just, like, because there's a different, there's a body double for Gorian Shard. A different guy puppeteers and plays that character than voices it, and Pedro Pascal isn't always in the suit. Vale, or what's the the guy who leads? Vane, 
Yes. Vane. Yeah. Vane I'm sorry right. with the D. Yes. I was getting so another kind of, but I have no he, idea what the fuck he comes up in in Westworld. He was a drone host. He's one of those guys who doesn't have a face and just walks around. Um, okay. Yeah, so he's the drone so, host. Like, and point. Then, Barely anything on it on those questions. Those those are just shot in the darks. You got and that. If, you got that one though. You got one. You went one for two. I'll give you. I'll give you that. Uh, because he is one of the two, and the other is Tate Fletcher Paz Vizla. He uh he pops up as the woodcutter who smashes his own head in season one. Wow. You you remember that Wait. with like the giant rock? He like looks like he's about to kill one of the other one of the park. Uh, workers, and then he brings it down on his own head. Ah, yeah, yeah okay. That's Tate Fletcher. It's the guy that's... who plays Paz. In suit, the guy. In, yeah, in suit so. and voice. Oh man, we didn't get to see him take off his helmet. No, nope. didn't even think nope. about they that. Just, they just now. changed that. But wow, huh? Good on you, Paz. Good uh, on you, Tate. Yeah. So. Yeah. Wow. Okay. So it. I guess. Kind of, if I didn't have the shots pulled up, that really helps. Uh, just oh, having like my screenshots of everything, does. you know, I just get to like go through. That hint was also pretty, pretty big. That you know, you don't really see their face, but I, I had to give that uh, to you because it's like <laughs> it's so vague beyond that. But uh, yeah, so hmm. with that, let's give this bad boy a rating. What do you say? Yeah, let's do it. It was, it was okay. It was a, uh, it was a fun episode. You know, yeah. like I had I had a great time watching it. You know, I think. Uh, I'd say it's pretty much on the same level as most of the episodes of the season so far. Like a eight and a half, eight seven five. It's a it's a strong one. Yeah, eight seven five is what we gave the the season uh, premiere. Uh, Ooh, then I'd say probably at least that. Yeah, yeah I'd say because this was more just on the fun side. I'd say maybe it's just like a nine. You know, it's like that. Um, it was just. He got Gorian Shard, and, you know, he's not going to matter much longer. He's gone. He went down with this ship. It was cool to see that, you know, a character introduced going down with this ship. Mm. Um, Shame that he did have to go down with the ship, though. I wanted some more Gorian Shard. I know, maybe. man. Oh, well. Uh, that, that's maybe. Right. I mean, like, he could be a pretty old guy. He could pop up earlier in the timeline and stuff. You and know? He was, maybe he was, like, a thousand years old. Um, he you know. looked like he could be, man. That guy looked weird. He, I don't yeah, know yeah. what that species was. He could be anything. But, uh, I don't know, yeah, we have that. You got, um, Zeb was Zeb, in here. That was like, that, yeah, that was huge. You know, you get some kick-ass Mando action. Awesome. We got yeah, some pretty cool deep. stuff. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I think maybe. Maybe a maybe nine. Like, maybe a nine's cool. I think a nine. Okay. Um, did we? Mm. Did we go away with the genre rating? We did. We do the the genre rating becomes right. the same as the film rating, just to kind of That's double right. up on that, you know, okay. a little bit of That's a weight right. there. Yeah, got you, got you. Okay, because uh, I just saw a zero in the genre of last time. I'm like, That's not. That can't be. That can't be. Right. We didn't. We didn't. Yeah. Um. Okay. But so I guess it was pretty exposition you know it was very actiony a lot of stuff was happening there wasn't very much time to sit back and just kind of let the characters talk other than the you know Carson Tiva and and Kane and I feel like that scene was was kind of you know more laid back and written yeah, you got well. a little bit of um, you got a little bit of a uh, time with them there you know the 
should we do this? Like the the passing around the speaking hammer and stuff. Cool. And yeah, yeah, yeah. That was, that was cool. Good. That was a cool well, little scene. And like how it was all dark and in oh no, in a cave. It was a great looking house. episode. Mm-hmm. It was one of my favorite. Uh, it was one of my favorite looking episodes of the season so far. Um, um, I I don't think it's. I can't tell you it's higher than last episode like i think it's about about the same as last episode to chapter four you know and eight seems fair yeah um that could be there about where i'm sitting yeah because it... i think i like yeah it, it would shake it out to an eight three three which puts it at just above the premiere um at, cool well not just above it's, that, that's the premiere is the the worst at a seven five eight and then this is the second lowest Actually, it is not. The covert is the second lowest. Eight two five. Look at that. I just because the enjoyment was the enjoyment was a little lower. Yeah, Um, I see. But made very well. Made it made extremely well. Extremely well. well. Yeah, yeah. Okay, I like. So eight three three. There. All right. Yeah, and they both ended up being an eighty three percent if you round them round them around. But eight two five versus eight. Man, I don't know. How do you feel like the. Was it a little corny at the beginning there with the little love story, little Romeo Juliet? Like, uh, that's the next episode again. Like, oh my god. Okay, thank. Okay, well at least we're there now because yeah, yeah, I we can officially move on into that. Um, the, I guess on the rewatch, but uh, yeah, no, that is it. It it was a little <laughs> cornball, and don't get me wrong. Like, I'm 100 percent okay with Star Wars being corny, and it was just an interesting. I think they had to do something with it just cause like, uh, to do a little, do a little bit of something. I guess. Yeah. To give it the back. Like they, they said the necessary, it was there to it, like, to get that, but like, there was a job is that if they're in that situation, they don't talk like that. If they have been lovers for that long, you don't talk like that. I don't know. Like you don't just, like, I, I don't know. It was just very, well, like, I, my counter to that would be no one in Star Wars has ever talked normal. Okay. I I guess fair. But this just seemed like I've been kind of complaining about like the expositiony nature of this season and this was just kind of like I don't know, it was just very let's tell you exactly, I don't know, very Hey, that the the Mon Cal and Quarren thing was a little was a little goofy, but it was a kick ass reintroduction of the Mandalorians and their fleet. Mm. I mean, um, I did I, I did like her like captain's chair was yeah, like underwater, cool. and then like she could yeah, that was sick. Um, and then I guess yeah, you got Axe coming back in here. Axe uh, Wolves being reintroduced here with the uh, mm-hmm. you know uh, we were unaware there were any warlords who we needed to pay for protection, and he's like, we are not criminals. Like the the just kind of like Calm. loose, laid yeah. back nature he was handling it with. Yeah, I know it was not for war; it mm. was for love. I thought like it was it was an interesting way to just splice something in here that didn't need to be here, but I enjoyed it. I'm sorry, I understand. I know why you did it, but I still have to carry out our mission. We're loyal. Yeah, yeah. I lo- I like that shit. I thought it was cool. I I enjoyed that that part of the episode, um, and. It comes with the last piece of trivia for the episode. So, um, the Mon Calamari nobleman, the l- the little dude who runs in and is like, "No, I won't do it. I won't do it." Okay. You know, uh, he 
is played by a very famous superhero actor's brother. Superhero actor's brother. Okay. Who is the superhero actor who he's the brother of? Very famous superhero actor's brother. Very famous superhero. Who do I want to go with? Uh, Spider-Man. Toby, Andrew, Tom. I don't know any brother. I, I don't. Do I have to name their brother? Just, just no, 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 no. Just the, just the actor. The, the, yeah. Fuck it. Tom's brother. I don't know. It is. Well, it wait, is. no. Yeah, it's Tom's Harry brother? Holland. It's Harry Holland, Spider- brother of Tom Holland. I'm like, yeah, I see a couple. I got a couple of Spider-Man decorations. I'm like, yeah, Spider-Man. That's mm-hmm. who's famous right now. Tom Holland's pretty kicking it right now. Oh, yep. okay. Wow. I yep. I expected to come in donuts for these trivia's today, but you done pretty good. I'm kind You're of just lucking my way into it right now. Yeah, no. Harry Holland, brother of Tom Holland, played the Mon Calamari nobleman here, uh, and the Mon Calamari nobleman was a pull through from. Season one, episode three, whenever Din pulls back up to Grief Karga in the uh, in the restaurant or the bar and he's like, uh, I yeah. want another job. And he's like he like gives him a bunch of stuff. He's like, we have this in the ocean dunes of Karnak. And he, he puts up a little hologram of this Mon Cal. So, uh, that's cool. yeah. So huh. that guy's been missing from his home for a while. Um, weren't um, the scene where. Uh, Bo-Katan was introduced even like there was the I don't know if I'm getting the calamari and the what's the other species I don't Quarren. know if I'm getting mixed um, but one of the they were there on that ship whenever Bo-Katan yeah. was like the Quarren the Quarren were yeah, yeah. Um, which is just because I remember the only reason I remember that is on the recap of the episode before it happened. Mm. It, they were right there, and I'm like, "Oh yeah, I remember those people." And yeah, then they were the oh, one who were trying. They were trying to get the Beskar off of Din. They fed mm. Grogu to their little fucking guy, and Casca had to jump in that thing's mouth and save oh, it and man. stuff. Yeah, we went on some wild adventures back then, huh? Season they, two they really was fun. Been, they've been through season stuff. two was fun. Uh, but interestingly enough, that specific episode, the one you're talking about, uh, the heiress, was directed by Bryce Dallas Howard which was the same person who directed this episode chapter 6 so she's got a little she's got a little thing for that um likes likes revisiting the quarren people but uh this was a fun episode it was it was ceaselessly fun and specifically on rewatch did i just like absolutely enjoy this episode dude mm. like uh it felt like clone wars in like the best way um obviously the giant giant elephants in the room bantha here in the room um, yeah as referred to by by them even oh, oh yeah the bantha in the room yes yeah. jack um, black specifically says we should address the bantha in the room uh you got lizzo jack black and christopher lloyd in here that's um, pretty sick i don't know i've, I've seen so many cool. memes of the mandalorian and the man in the delorean like this yeah is, yeah i've seen so many christopher lloyd me- or just memes everywhere um of that, but I don't know. I, I at first, whenever I saw Jack Black in Lizzo, at first I saw Jack Black and I'm like, "What? Well, no chance." I'm like, yeah. "Hold on, is this actually happening?" And then, and then I'm like, "Yeah, okay, yeah, that's definitely Jack Black, a hundred percent." And then out of nowhere, it hits me. I'm like, "Oh, hold on a fucking minute. Oh, that's is Lizzo, that Lizzo too. Yeah, that's Lizzo too. Like, what the fuck's going on here?" So I won't lie, it did kind of take me out 
of the episode for a little bit. But then, oh, well, yeah. I mean, within minutes, I'm back in. Like, actually, on Rewatch 2, Jack Black kind of, like, he did kind of well in this role. I'm not going to lie. Jack like, Black's incredible in this like, role. Um, I'm giving him the performance nod. Halfly because it was just hilarious and like it's actually fun and that he did. Yeah, I swear I oversaw the, I oversaw the the, the yeah, reprogramming he, of the droids. I, was I swear they just let him go. I don't know, like or I, because he just had like little lines that you he would butt in. See where I'm and, going with this? Yeah, and then, you know, like, yeah, like, like yeah, my husband saw the the recommission of all of them. He's like, yeah, he did, and I, I saw like he would just throw in like little extra yes. like little like lines in there. I don't know. They were just, so animated, you know. Yeah, and, he uh, was having fun with the character, you know. He for was, sure, he was, they and were having a blast. I think they gave Lizzo a good role where she wouldn't have to do a lot because <laughs> even then, I'm. I think it felt a little clear that Lizzo's not exactly an actor, uh, but even so, I still had a great, I still had a great time with her and stuff. You know, oh, I think it, she was like, may I please hold the baby? And yeah. you know, it's all, all like all very royal, like and everything. All, and that's the thing; she got to overplay this like regal regalness you know so it, it was like, okay, yeah, like she can get away with it. The cool ass headpiece she what was wearing. What is that? Is it was that holog- like, It was a hologram. The, the a hologram her, like, dress thing like that was following her around mm-hmm. it was you a know, hologram headpiece that's just like just for style there's no yeah, it's just yeah. like just for that's that's sick okay it's I didn't just know, a little like, accessory that it's a little hologram on the back of her head that's just what were they sipping on you know that's what he says that jack black is like come sip sip come take a sip sip come sit you know but they're like sipping says, on this like alien he says beast. i hope you enjoy secretions yeah i don't know they were the sipping fuck on like does that mean like it was really interesting, like it, like this it, weird alien sitting in the top, and then like in the in this vat, and they're all just sipping and like I don't know, maybe it's like the juice that lets you understand everybody, like uh, in Quantum Mania sort of thing. Oh right, right. Um, yeah, I hope you un- I hope you enjoy secretions. So they're it's like it's sweat or yeah. something, uh, know, which is real nasty. But you know, it is what it is. We do a lot of weird shit as humans that we wouldn't think of as weird, you know. Who knows? Um, maybe alien sweat does taste good. We drink the secretions of cows. That's true. You know I, that that is true. Um, um, weird on but, first thought, but then it's also a weird way weird. to say it. You know, yeah. secretions. Uh, I'd like to be a little bit more specific. specific. Yeah, yeah. yeah well, I would like to narrow that down. But we did get some. I, I loved the the room they were in. That whole. That's that my whole, favorite shot. Oh yeah, dude, gorgeous. Like, Whenever the door is open and it's Grogu, Din, and Bo just walking, and you see, like, it starts, like, you just see Grogu's ears in, like, the back of his head, yes, and then it, like, yes. pulls in. It pulls in, like, when the door is finally open. Um, I don't think you can see Grogu a whole lot. It's just, like, Din and Bo. But, like, man, that room is just so colorful, so pretty, like, the plants. You know, there's plant life. It's it's clean, but I don't know. It was, it was very utopia you know, just S. Yeah, yeah. Oh, and uh, all the different species sitting there. You know, we had the frogs yeah. back in it for a little <laughs> bit there. I absolutely love that. But Captain Bombardier did get my favorite character. Oh, okay, nice. Of the episode, because uh, and I was tempted to go Jack Black for the performance, but I went, I went and shined a light a little somewhere else. Uh, We're probably never going to be able to say that ever again. That I could give Jack Black the performance in a Star Wars anything. Um, Amen. I don't know. I, I hope we come back to Plazier 15, you know? I like, think we will. I think, I think there's... As, like, mm-hmm. independent, and, like, this could be Nolan Void if everyone just gets, 
you know, killed in a couple, you know, ep- I don't know. Um, but I'd really hope that it all goes well and everyone's around and Mandalore's mm. kicking it and independent system. We got Plazir 15, we got Navarro, Mandalore, it's it's coming up. I don't know. A pretty cool group it. we got going on here. I enjoy it. Yeah. And, I mean, like, not to mention that the domes, like, reintegrating, like, he... Captain Bombardier is the facilities designer. He helped structure these domes. Like, it would not surprise me if he returned to help rebuild uh, Mandalore, which is, uh, okay. Which is a yeah. funny thing, but I love it. Um, but yeah, I, lo- I love uh, me some Captain Bombardier. Can I think you imagine a... he comes back and he's like, oh yeah, your old domes, way too boring. Like, we, mm-hmm. we have to do something about him. You know, he just, I don't know. Like, I, that'd be. Huh. I almost guarantee he'll be back. Um, yeah, because those don't. I thought we were on Mandalore for a second. I'm like, wait a minute, is this somewhere else on Mandalore that wasn't bombed, or like, what is right. this? And it's like, nope. Plazir 15. We're we got Imperial droids coming out the ship. I'm like, where the fuck are we? And then I guess the droids are the problem, you know, or problem. Um, that's you know going yeah. on. I like, like kind of a, a side story, and literally they were in the like shuttle that was taking them there and they're like oh sorry you are locked out you are on like you are yep. forced to do this and the it's little like kinda... yeah and it like, was like hello welcome to placer 15 we will take this for you and <laughs> it kind of felt like a fourth wall break a little bit it's kind of the way of being like we're going on a classic man you know mando adventure it's just going to be a one you know planet yep. thing like just sit back enjoy the ride you know and yeah. then you get um, get everything. So I think I don't know that they, they they handled it actually really well, and it, it was so much better on rewatch. Um, whenever I knew <laughs> that shit when, didn't uh, have the shock factor, but whenever it said like uh, do do I have your permission to scan your chain codes? Mm. And uh, they held out their chain codes, and it was like Bo Katan mm. and Din Jaren. Thank you. And then like Bo like looks at Din, and then the shuttle takes off, and she like like the facial acting Katie Sackoff did there was just really really cool. I I enjoyed her a lot in this episode. Um, she didn't quite get my performance, but uh, she was damn close. Uh, she was damn close. Uh, but uh, yeah, it was it was a fun one. You know, the whole again this season more than any other season of the Mandalorian feels so heavily influenced by Blade Runner um, yeah. visually, and I mean, even in this one, we actually get like a detective story with Din and Bo, which was really cool. Like, whenever they're inspecting the crime scene after they've taken the droid out. and it's, Kind of a got classic like the yellow... Scooby-Doo story here, too. Like, you oh, know, yeah. the, the, the guy they went to first is the guy who's in charge of everything. You yeah. wouldn't expect it. And then, oh, oh, it's him the whole time. Oh, I don't know. It was like, um, it was just awesome. It was so much fun. I didn't actually expect it to be him, though. Like, whenever no. it came back to him, I was like, oh, wow, I didn't actually see that coming. Um but I, I thought it, I thought the droid story was actually like that's the thing is that in the droid bar itself that's my favorite scene of the whole episode is like whenever mm. the bartender is like you know they come in there all bad or Din's good cop or Bo's yeah. good cop Din's just absolutely wanting to you know dismantle him and he's he's playing hard but uh, that droid eventually is like no like yeah we're afraid we want to help we just don't know what to do we know hurting our case like. This is a problem. We feel like we're going to get replaced. And I'm like, whoa, this took a turn I did not expect. And then, like, and then I think it may be my favorite line. Yeah, it is. Um, Whenever he says, we don't want to be replaced. We still have a lot to contribute. 
Human life is so short, they don't ask that much of us. Organics created us. It's the least we can do. And then all the droids just start to like cheer and like they're yeah. like, Yeah, and I was like I was like, Whoa Like that was no like out of droids, you know, in this droid bar, like I did not expect to I didn't cry or like cheer up, but I was like, Whoa, I actually like a little no, emotional moment with the droids. It was it was nice. Um and no, yeah, it that, goes back to that uh the stuff I was talking about, I can't remember what on, but like the, the the determine one of the things that usually determines morality in Star Wars is whether or not you treat droids as you would humans. Um and that's not a one hundred percent foolproof sort of thing, but if you treat droids really nicely, you're typically a pretty good person. You know what I'm saying? And uh <laughs> just uh the seeing them refer to humans as being like you know like it's the least we can do they were the they're the reason we're here at all and we want to help it's just that something's happening we don't understand it either we don't like it you know and i i really enjoyed that i thought it was and i thought it was compelling the drink that they all drink Depends even the a. one that's that's not with the nanobots or whatever it literally just makes them like forget and like become more robotic and like to wipe kind of wipe their memory basically mm. like that's like that's kind of sad you know like all droids like they just go in after their day of work drink their oil that just kind of makes them forget and be droid like you know or like whatever i don't know it was vibe. Just... Man. I love one. My, one of the considerations for favorite shot for me was whenever they cut down to the droid who was looking through the batches of Nepenthe, or like the the, the little. Whenever he zoomed through it, yeah, yeah. I was I was, was trying that? to get the screenshot of. I, I have a screenshot of when he picked it up. I was yeah, trying to hard get to, was, hard to do a screenshot really, of yeah. that. Yeah, but uh, man, was that that sick. in motion though was super fucking cool. Um, my uh my favorite shot and scene actually come all sort of at the same time it's the droid chase through the streets like starting oh. with din kicking over all of the battle droids and then uh <laughs> start to push him what, like, are, you, Austin, what are you, know, you like doing the, like what, the boston dynamics doing? sort of thing where they like yeah. push the drones with poles and then like i don't know see him fight back eventually uh, i wouldn't like, do that if i were you but man when they started running and it just got into all the like neon lights dude did, like oh yeah that was that was that nice. was hard. That was hard. And then when they take him out, it's uh, the shot of Bo Katan holding up both her pistols uh, uh, after oh, she's yeah. taken the droid out. That's my favorite shot. I took two. Uh, There's one where she's kind of looking more down. And it's the one where up, she's looking up. Where... Okay, that's that's what I thought. When she looks up, that shit's pimp. She's like, yeah, yeah that's right. Yeah. You know, like when she was looking down. I just down, did she... that. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> okay. Because I, I took both of them, and I, I wanted to just make a guess on which one it was. That. It won't does it does look better. Well, and there's this cool thing about this episode too, where uh, it gives one thing that's intriguing to me about Din and Bo and the approach to Din's story specifically, and kind of the Mandalorians as a whole is the a semi ignoring some of the things they decide to do with season one. Um, hmm. Because there's this line in season one whenever Moff Gideon goes, like, for the first time, and he's, like, going through all of them, and he's like, Grief Karga, Cara Dune, Din Djarin, and Din's like, I haven't heard that name since I was a child. All the Mandalorians seem to call each other by name now, which is hilarious. Um, You know, Paz Vizsla is Paz Vizsla, they, they call him Paz, like, they call Din Din now. Nobody nobody calls him the Mandalorian. Nobody mm. calls each other the Mandalorian. So it's just kind of like that was one interesting thing to me. Um, 
and I guess it's just that like he's gotten more and more used to just being referred to by his name, I guess. Um the other thing is that I love the way Bo they make it clear that Bo doesn't know where Din comes from because she's like, you seem to be taking this pretty personally, you know, like what's your problem? And he's like, well, my parents were killed by battle droids. I have some deep trauma with this and any chance I can get to fuck them up. I will gladly take, um, mm. yeah, you had me at battle at blaster or battle droids. I'm you right. had me at battle droids. Yeah, it was, it was almost the line. Um, just, I love Pedro Pascal, you know, I don't know, mm. just uh, he, when he can He's deliver good. something like that, it's nice. Um, I just want him to take the goddamn helmet off and do it um, and be there next to it. I don't know. I, I can't it. wait for I that. Need it I hope it happens. Time. I hope it happens soon. But uh, That'd be ideal. But uh... but no, I mean, even even whenever he, they swipe, you know, he swipes through all those cars, that they, that leads him to the, the morgue. They pull out the... The, yeah, like classic detective oh, yeah, stuff. It man. was it was awesome. Yeah. The, oh, it, it, there's a there's a what spark? I don't know what the droid equivalent, but it was basically like a matchbox, but for droids, a spark yeah. box or whatever. And it's like it has an address. Let's go see. Let's go check yeah. it out. They go to the droid bar. All right, let's let's do this. It, maybe this time Nepente. let's do it my way. We you know, just, you got it. Yeah. You got it your way. Let's do it my way this time. The they buddy cop there. trope, man. It I don't think fantastic. they get many of our kind, you know? It, yeah, it was, it was perfect. Like, I, I don't know. I, I absolutely it was, adored it, man. Um, and the, uh, the whole, when they got there and, you know, do you think, uh, the Nepenthe still, it's yeah, still do you on. Think it, the... it could still be active. <laughs> <laughs> and I didn't catch it's it. It's still time. active. The, the part, like the, assistant person there that's just kind of or the she lab gets person. clipped yeah she, she actually i had no idea at first but i did like um because at first i thought that she was kind of like reacting to din slicing the, the thing in half and being like i've never seen a wet like what the fuck like holy right. shit like, on her face but then i'm like well she's actually probably just in pain from getting clipped by that lady you know actually but or both um, yeah and what's interesting is like you know no way they make that the last time he uses the dark saber, you know. That's true. That w- oh my god, that would be the last time. And it was just he got it up. He knew it was going to be heavy, so that's why they he started are up. Going already, to follow you know? through on that with him make with it being light all of a sudden. I guarantee it. I like they have to at some point. And uh, if it's because he knows, like maybe he still has a little bit to go. Maybe. Like he's like, I will serve you, Bo-Katan, but maybe he still has some like internal stuff going oh, on. Oh yeah, maybe like, like I think once he, I think once he decides he is comfortable taking that fucking helmet off, that thing would be ah. light as fuck. Um, ah, the helmet comes off, the weight goes away. Too. The weight is oh. lifted. Yeah. Ooh, oh, it's gonna be so good if it happens. Um, but but uh, I guess coming back to, I guess we haven't talked about um, just the. Uh, just Grogu's part of this episode that I love is that, uh, for one, he's a knight now, which is really sick. I want to maybe keep track of all the titles that he earns, um, because he's like Jedi Mandalorian Knight of Plazir 15, or I don't know Knight what of the he... Knight of the Ancient Order of Independent Systems or something like that. Damn. And is that uh, the Ancient Order? Is that like what they're starting now? The new independent, or like, is this some, well, I don't know. No, like, I think there are Knights of the Ancient Order of Independent Systems. Knights like I'd be willing to. the Ancient Order of the what? Of independent something. Of I can't remember. Indep- independent Star Wars. 
Hmm. Yeah, I guess I don't know that. Conf- conf- mm. Confederacy of Independent Systems? Nah, that doesn't seem that's, right. That's Count Dooku. That's just Count, yeah. Hmm. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know. But Grogu- Grogu's probably going to have quite a lot of titles or something by the end. I don't know. It's it really cute that, that he got he got knighted. You know, Bo got a, the key to the city, um, which was... My lord. Yeah, My lady. You know. <laughs> um, but th- I don't know. And then I thought I thought the episode was actually over there, like at the end of Plazier 15. I didn't think we were going to get any more. No, and then we um, got it. But man, thank thankfully this, this scene was in here. And I guess, I don't know, a lot of people, uh, there were a lot of people that were upset. They're like, wow, it really was just handed off again. And like, it's, they're falling into the same, like really it was, I don't know. Like, but I think this was, was actually done well. You know, she fought someone there right before she fought right. Axe, you know, and then proved herself. And everyone's like, "Well, okay, well, you're still, you're still about that. You're still Bo-Katan. And She gets up and I don't gives her a little spiel. And then Den's like, "Yeah, no, I don't, I don't need this thing. It doesn't even mean anything to him, really. Anyways, right? Um, it's just like it's just another cooler weapon that he has a harder time wielding. So honestly, like for Den, it's more of a hindrance than anything. Um, but yeah, no, I think." That that last final scene was was really good with with Axe, you know, coming up at first being like a misguided zealot wields the blade and I might remind you all that he doesn't have a drop of Mandalorian blood in his veins and bow and then is like hmm. It was the night a night of the ancient order of independent regencies. Oh my lord. That's a mouthful. Is there an acronym? What is that acronym well? Probably not. A O I R, A O I R, A O I R. Grogu's a Jedi, a Mandalorian, and, and an Grogu Al- is the first known knight of the ancient order of independent regencies in Star Wars canon. So, uh, well, at least it's starting. You know, it, it's starting strong. He lives starting to be strong. a thousand. But, sorry, I was I was looking for that, so I had to mention yeah, no it. But problem. yeah, that last scene. You know, I had my issues too. Um, with that, uh, it, on the first watch, just cause, you know, you, you, you speak to the, the exposition heavy sort of stuff that happens throughout the show and that, and they built it in so that it made sense to be exposition. He had to explain it to people in the show. Um, yeah. but it's, he defeated I, the enemy that defeated me. So doesn't that make it hers? See, uh, what my only issue with it, I don't have a problem with the idea of that being the reason. You know, that reason makes sense. Logically, like, yeah, fuck yeah. Um, At the end of episode two, though, why don't you go like, I, so I guess this is yours now. Mm. Oh, I guess it is important that it needs to be Maybe the transfer needs to happen in front of a lot of people. Maybe, yeah. You know, usually it's it's done in combat where there's other people around and, like, they see the loser, obviously, and they're like, okay, yeah, you won. You got the Darksaber now. Um, it, at the end of the day, it all it, it's all just, like, a symbol of power. And, yeah, yeah. Um, so it was, and it worked better that they were in front of everybody. But, yeah, you're right. It, if he truly thought that, then, and he doesn't Why care about the Darksaber do anyways... Yeah, well, and my my money's though. on like it means so little to him that he didn't even think about it in that moment. And then like he got here, and they were like, "A fucking zealot holds the blade. It doesn't mean anything." And he was like, "Oh shit! Wait a minute. 
Check this shit yeah. out. Yeah, actually, oh, fuck, I forgot I had that. Uh, here, yep, here you go. Yeah. Um, no, and like, so like, I don't have any beef with it. You know, I think that's a, I think that's a fine, I think it's a fine choice. I just think that, uh, I think that they were doing the same thing they've kind of been doing with the season where they, they made that a moment, a twist late in the season. Like, oh, you guys didn't even think about this, did you? And of course I didn't. Of course I didn't. Uh, I, I think it could have happened earlier and been just fine. Once again, you know, like uh, a bunch of stuff that happens in these later episodes. I'm like, I don't see why that couldn't have happened earlier in the season and it affects anything. Um, mm. And that's one of the things. Yeah. Granted, maybe if she gets the dark saber back so early on in the season, she's not open to going with the other Mandalorians and sort of, you know, so there's, there's merit on all sides. I think that some stuff just works really conveniently for the plot they've laid before us. Um, and again, I've enjoyed the season. I've had a good time. It's just uh, you know, could could have been done better in places, that's all. Uh yeah. but this fight was dope between Axe Woes and uh really sick. There's a shot of whenever Axe starts using his flamethrower and bow deflects it off her like mm. shield on her arm and she's like just behind it and all looking badass. It's like, yeah, this fight was When she like jumps up and uses the jetpack to do a drop oh kick. Oh my god. That's the first thing she does. Yeah, like he That's how like she starts the fucking and she fight. just goes whoa, and then just kicks some <laughs> double in the chest. I was like, holy fuck, they that are was hard as fuck. Like, damn, no helmets and or this, anything. Uh, like, two helmets off, boom, mm, just yeah. going at it, and everyone's like, you know, to stand it back. Like, yep, this is what we do. This I, is how we do things. We can't step in <laughs> at all. But man, this, like, I don't know. I love how everyone like when someone gets knocked down, they look at like their whoever they're close to, and then they're like. Yeah, keep going. You know, the, they give him like get that, like, up. you better get back up. You better get yeah. fighting. I don't know. But but um, uh, this scene does contain my favorite line. It is uh, ooh. it is after Axe Wolves goes, and a zealot with not a Mandalorian drop of blood in his veins holds the saber. And uh, Bo looks back at him and says, Din Djarin took the creed and chose to walk the way. And it was kind of like, this was another reason I almost, I almost went with Katie Sackhoff for the performance because the way she delivered this line was strong. Her like voice kind of breaks in the middle of it. Like it shows that she's like really passionate about the thing she's talking about. And the thing she's talking about is Din, by the way. Uh, Din Djarin took the creed and chose to walk the way just as our ancestors did. He is every bit the Mandalorian they were. And then she looks back at Din and smiles and said, certainly as much as any of us. And I was like, God damn, yeah! I mean, hey, if Din doesn't walk down to the Living Waters and go there, bo never sees the Mythosaur. Mm. At all. And Din, Din, bo was mocking it, even in the room. Oh, let me read you this panel real quick and show you the, the deep history of what, you know, what was here. She's mocking it, and then boom. Now she's on a mission. She's leading every Mandalorian people right now, hopefully, at the end of this, you know. Ho- mm. Hopefully the end fighting is done other than a part you know a few spies on the inside but um no i think i think the the transfer you're right probably could have happened a little earlier would have strengthened din and bow a little bit more if it could have just been been a more personal thing and been like i don't know like they just sat down and din was like hey you defeated who defeat like i don't care about this anyways i like i don't even know why i have it i suck with it like just i know you don't want to take it but Technically, it's yours by this loophole. Well, and I don't know, like... there is also the fact that this is, 
he has just been gaining respect for her throughout the season. So where where Bo has been gaining respect for Din and her beliefs, this is Din showing that he's gained respect for her and her beliefs. You know, being like, the reason he didn't give it back to her is because it truly didn't mean anything to him. He was like, this doesn't fucking matter, you know? Like, it doesn't matter if you hold this. And then when he gets there and he realizes, like, oh, it's important to a lot of these other people. It's important to her. Maybe now's the t- like. Maybe like she I guess still doesn't use it. That's the thing. In episode <laughs> seven, she waits until she absolutely needs to use it to cut through the door. So like, <laughs> she doesn't use it in battle. Um, very. I don't know. Interesting that they're waiting on that. Like I, I thought that she would be getting it back in Beskar. I guess it f- would reflect off Beskar. Probably wouldn't cut, but I mean, still. Probably. Yeah, because the lightsabers don't go through Beskar. That so probably whole... actually would have not been the best thing to use in that situation. No, yeah, no. Because she she can't deflect bullet or black, you know, blast. No, nah, she doesn't have the force like that. She, so yeah, she's not like that. So okay. she's not like that. I I gotta trust her. She knows her weapons. She knows her kit. She knows, she knows what, what she's doing. doing. But yeah, uh, and here, I mean, she showed it against. I mean, that's. Is there any Mandalorian that like? Maybe Paz. Paz probably could. Paz versus Bo would have been an interesting fight. Been a Bo's fight. quick and smart, but Paz is just pure power. Well, um, I mean, Axe and Paz came to a standstill. True. And you okay, know? so by the transitive property, mm. if Bo Katan defeats Axe, and Axe and Paz are at a standstill, then they're equal. Bo's, Bo defeats the armorer, or the armor, the Paz. Um, okay. I see that, but we, we won't ever get that. That's okay. Uh, that's, that's okay. Good. That's okay. But, but uh, uh, performance-wise, have either of us given our performance? You gave Jack did, Black, Yeah, right? Jack Black. Yeah, Um, I was very, very close. It was Katie Sackhoff was close. The other one who was damn close was Simon Cassianides as uh, Axe Wolves. Thought he did incredible in this episode. Yeah. Um, With that opening scene and that last scene. Really, really good. But the person I ended up going with was Christopher Lloyd as Commissioner Hellgate. Let's go. Uh, we got the two. I was really hoping it would happen this way. Yeah. This no, nice. I, I had to give <laughs> I had to give Doc Brown some love because man, this is this guy's the shit. And he does he does play this incredibly just like there are a lot of people online who are going like uh you know, Jack Black and Lizzo took me out of the episode. Da, 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 da. I'm so pissed. Da, 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 da. And uh Christopher Lloyd is christopher lloyd you know um yeah i don't know I, and granted was... modernly christopher lloyd is not as famous as jack black and lizzo i'll i'll grant i think I'll it's mainly that. the characters that jack black play like jack black plays jack black um, <laughs> mostly if he's in a movie but christopher lloyd i guess would be easy i don't know i i and they well they continue the whole uh you know if a person's a bad a bad guy they give them the bad name Hellgate. Really? Wow. Commissioner Hellgate. He can let the Hellgates loose. If he hits that button, ba-boom, he really, the gates of hell. I I see that. Uh, But I love the, even, I don't know when it's up. Oh, it's whenever they look up where the nanobots are from and it shows his face and there's text Mm -hmm. on screen. It literally is like, this doesn't mean anything um, VFX for the win or something like that. Like it was, it was, um, you guys are, you know. There Don't was also there's like a ton at some point oh, yeah. in this episode, and mm-hmm. one of them actually goes actually says, uh, "Roads where we're going, we don't need roads," which is a quote from 
Christopher Lloyd's Doc Brown and back. That's in the future. awesome. Um, That's awesome. Yeah, so that that was really cool. But we got a good old fashioned the South will rise again yeah. out of Christopher Lloyd's character here. Uh people wouldn't know how to take care of themselves. You know, like uh, nobody whenever, wants to yeah. work anymore. <laughs> people are just too happy being able to just participate in the arts now. We've we've accomplished this and we've reached utopia and people are just actually living now. I'm pissed. Like yeah, yeah. I, I think like that's the thing. If we could reach that point and we didn't, oh, fuck have, yeah! Like, please, yeah. Like the people of Plazir Fifteen are living idyllically. That's the thing, though, is that the Ugnaughts. I really hope. Well, that that's kind of what they want to do. You I know, guess. like uh, I hope it's really what they chose to do. You know, but they're yeah. kind of below, in like, yeah, not in the yeah. nice, very, you know. That's a good point. I hadn't thought about that. Uh, you know, if it, in any society there's the there there might be the exploited Jack Black there. That's the and if if the new republic is supposed or, or you know are the first order supposed to come out of somewhere and maybe Plazir Fifteen is slowly caking up to be just you know I don't know like I am, a lot of a lot of droids there. There's a lot I am of Mandalorian Din Djarin. Friend of Ugnot Queel. The implication that every Ugnot knows each other too is extremely funny. Oh, Queel. Um, they were like, oh, fuck. Ugnot well, Queel? Oh, I know him. Maybe if it him. wasn't necessarily Queel, but he, he just spoke with confidence that he knew an Ugnot. I think that was mainly it. Like, I yeah. I have spoken with an Ugnot before, but I, I would love it if Queel is just a legend among Ugnots. He's like, a legendary um, Ugnot. No, yeah, the... Uh, the whole fucking, it out. I have spoken. And they're like, all right, yeah, we'll talk to this guy. And what's awesome about that scene, too, in retrospect, is the way Bo's like, you're malfunctioning droids. And Quill's like, or not Quill, the Ugnot is like, our droids aren't malfunctioning. I can guarantee you that. That is a promise. And she's like, no, they definitely are. And uh, he's like, it is not the droids. I have spoken. And he's right. It is not the droids. It is what the droids are taking in. So, like, that's a, uh, it's one they of those ways where whenever... Too. Yeah, the they already had that list made of the defective. They knew that some droids were already defective, and like something was going on. They already had that list ready to go. They're like, "Yeah, I can promise you, it's not our droids. We even know what's going on. We don't know why necessarily, mm-hmm. but like, here's the list of all of them." Well, and like, it just I, connects back to the whole Din saying there's a certain way to speak to them, and that wasn't it. You know, like uh, yeah, was, he's, he's like, and they always speak in riddles. Is is another is another thing he says? Like, uh, mm-hmm. they speak in riddles. You know, he said. You know, like, it is not the droids. We know what's happening. We know what is wrong. Or we know which things it's wrong with. We don't know why, though. Uh, so I, I loved that sort of thing. It was a, it was a great scene. It showed that Din's got a little bit of diplomacy on him, mm-hmm. which I really enjoyed. Um, not with droids quite yet, though. Uh, no, no. And I can't blame him there. Yeah. Yeah. Because uh, like, he he's, he's good with most droids now. He's not good with well, battle droids, and I don't expect him to ever be good with true. battle droids. That's true. Um, he probably liked kicking around and pushing them. Yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Very like, nice. He was like, you know what? Fuck yeah, I'll kick these motherfuckers around. And he's <laughs> like, I found it, didn't I? And the way Bo looked at the battle droid and was like, Ref- like reprogrammed, huh? Like, yeah, yeah, is that right? You should have left them alone. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But, I mean, I will... It was either Jack Black or Katie Sackhoff for me for performance, but I did still stick with Bo-Katan for character uh, mm. because she got to see, you know, the way to speak with Ugnaughts. She, like, um, and then calmed Din down when he needed to calm down. It was very back and forth. Um, 
and I, I don't know, it's it's very focused on Bo now. Like we're we're in on Bo uh, fully, um, and I, I don't know. I think all the lessons she's learning, uh, she's she she's being ripened to be a good leader here, um, right now. Mm. So um, yeah, I hope, no, this I hope was the this... fifteen six around and and this independent um, regent systems or independent yeah. uh, R mm. um, title. Can, can stick around and mean something for a while. Yeah, I loved it. I loved it. But, uh, yeah, with that, I think we ought to throw a rating at this bad boy. I will say, I think this is one of my favorite episodes of the season, in in retrospect. Like, I had a, I had a great time watching it. Um, like, I'm, I'm bordering 825-85 sort of thing. On enjoyment or critical? Oh, uh... Sorry, enjoyment wise, yeah, more like eight, seven, five, or nine. Sorry, I was okay. looking at the film. Okay, then Confusing. yeah, okay, because I was, I just wanted to to make sure. But yeah, I think it's. I had a blast. I didn't have like the all time. It was. It's not like a ten enjoyment. No, I, I would no. say, but but it was very fun. Super it was very fun. a crime story. Very kept you know kept me intrigued. Um, I think I'm. Yeah, we gave last episode a nine. I think I like this episode more. Um, I'm there. I'm there. And so I think I'm at like nine two five. I'm getting. I like that. Um, I don't think nine five might be going a little too high there. Mm. Um, but I don't know. It was. It it was. That's a, that's. They put Jack Black and Lizzo and, and just everyone in here just to have fun. Like this was on Plazier fifteen. We can do what we want. It's a new planet. Like mm. nothing is written before. Like I don't know. I love whenever they can do that and have completely new new things in Star Wars. Me too. Yeah, I thought I thought it was a great time. I had a I had a really fun time. I will say critically, this is not uh not the strongest. Um I think it is well I think it's pretty well written. Like surprise like surprisingly well written for the the stuff we're dealing with. It's like, oh, this could really easily just be phoned in. And I don't think it was. I think it was well written. I think it was tied together really nicely. Uh I think if we were in the streets of Plazier fifteen, the episode looked good. And I think in the droid bar, the episode looked good. If we were yeah. anywhere else, I think this episode kind of looked like dog shit. It was um, not good. Like, whenever they were walking, taking that walk, showing them the view or whatever, and, like, it was, it's just, yeah, it was, was not good. You could just tell even the shot, were... even the hero moment at the end of the episode is such a dull and boring-ass shot of Bo holding the Darksaber with Din on her right. I don't know. Like, I, I don't get me wrong. Like, I, I enjoyed it, but God, that was. There's just something choice. you could have done yeah. there that like, was even better. In, like, the last time she held, she for one held it above her head, you know, and and it was out of a ship and had everyone like kneeling down and like it showed all of that. Like that, it was an amazing shot. Like, and it was cool both ways, every way. Mm -hmm. This shot is really only cool looking from what. Like, I don't know. It's very specific that they. And even then, I don't think it was the right move. Um, why? I guess it's clear why she's centered, because obviously she has the dark saber. But like, it's very weird that like Din's just on her left or on her right, you know, camera left, and then there's just nothing out on the like. I don't know. Like, yeah, I don't think they're. I think they are going for the whole. That's that's her right hand man now. Like, uh, I think they're trying to convey that, and I do think there was a better way to do that. Like, uh. Like a better way to shoot it at the very least. Uh, 
Which is which is a shame. Bryce Dallas Howard has been fucking incredible at directing episodes in the past. You know, she directed season one, episode four, The Sanctuary, where he helps the the uh, village uh, defend against the pirates with the ATAT and stuff like that's that's a great looking episode. You know, uh, she directed season two, episode three. Like I said, The Heiress. That's one of the better looking. Like that episode used the volume better than pretty much any other episode of the show. Close to it. She directed the return of the Mandalorian and the book of Boba Fett, which is a gorgeous episode. You know, like I'm like, I guess I'm like, maybe I got to look into who the cinematographer was in in this episode instead of putting it all on uh, Bryce Dallas Howard, because yeah, this one was a Paul Hewen. Hmm. Paul Hewen did this one. And I'm intrigued as to who might have done the previous episodes that she directed because yeah, you're right. The streets of Plazir looked really good. The droid bar looked good. If it was dark, it looked good. But man, when it was kind of bright and you could see every detail, I don't know. Wasn't the vibe, man. It wasn't as good. Yeah, uh, I don't, mate, like, when Bo's getting the Darksaber back, I just expected it to be a much more grand shot. I don't know. Like, I just, I was like, oh my god, this is happening and she's going to light it and it's going to be epic. And then it's just kind of like, oh. Like, oh, okay. Like, I'm still hyped that she got it back, and I'm hyped for the continuation of the story, but I don't know. I felt like there was going to be a little something more. I don't know what. Yeah, she's had uh, she's had four different uh, cinematographers. In mm-hmm. season one, episode four, it was Barry Baz Iodine, who I know did. Uh, he's done some stuff in the past. The Return of the Mandalorian is someone who's worked heavily in the Book of Boba Fett and the Mandalorian, uh, season two, episode six, season three, episode two, um, a good looking episode, season three, episode seven, another good looking episode. Mm-hmm. Um, and then every episode of the Book of Boba Fett besides two and four for David Klein. Um, so that's weird. And season two, ep- the season two episode that she did, the heiress, this is the one that I regard as the best looking she's done. And the cinematographer there is Matt Jensen, who has been a cinematographer on Wonder Woman, uh, has been a cinematographer for four episodes of Game of Thrones, including wow. season one, episode six, seven, and eight, which we regarded as some of the best looking episodes because they okay. were directed by Daniel Minahan. Um, yeah, this is got some experience there. I'm gonna go ahead and throw. I'm gonna go ahead and throw the shitty looking episode at the feet of uh, the guy who did the cinematography for this episode, and that guy was Paul Hewen. Uh, yeah, yeah. Don't know, man. I think you kind of fucked up on this one. wasn't no. uh, wasn't as just, pretty as I would have liked. The the shit like uh, I'm just looking through the screenshots and like it was cool in the opening when they showed the inside of Axe's ship and that ship. But everything in the throne room and at Plazier 15 doesn't really... It looks colorful, but, like, it really... Yeah, and, like, I don't want to say that he missed all the time. Like, the, yeah. the stuff on the ship was good-looking. The stuff in the streets of Plazier 15, the droid bar, that was all good-looking stuff. Uh, but, yeah, I don't I don't know about the... I don't know I don't know about the well-lit scenes. They are not... not actually, they're not well-lit. They are just really bright. Um, yeah. Yeah, just yeah, I don't know. There is just something off about him. It just 
And maybe it's like you had Lizzo and Jack Black and Katie Sackhoff and like big people that needed, I don't know if maybe they weren't even there at the same time. Like maybe they yeah, needed right. to to have like, I don't know, like maybe it was just. Uh, Jack Black and Lizzo definitely shot their scenes. They were there together. That's for sure. Yeah. yeah. And whenever Din and Bo were walking, I feel like they were there. Yeah, yeah. I like no, I think they were all together. together. I don't think that's a problem. I think it's just a really, I think it was shoddily lit um during those scenes like whenever you do have just a general brightness in a room you got to do something a little bit more creative with your camera angles Mm. um and i do think there's something with the volume that might limit you a little bit in that um as far as the thing though is that like they could have so many sun rays beaming through those windows and have it look beautiful like that's what the volume's for is like you put mm-hmm. a light source anywhere you want and you can control everything about the light that you like. Yeah. I don't so know. it's weird. There, it's weird. It's a weird shadow. Choice. Every shadow that you see is placed there specifically, or it is being cast by the volume itself. So mm-hmm. like, Hey man, I don't know. Um, yeah. But the, the thing that'll always strike me is just that last shot. It's like, Oh, big hero moment. But, Man, there was nothing we could have done yeah, here that like, would have been. I could have gone to my backyard and and yeah. actually done that myself. Like, yeah, literally. You I don't see know. The dome of Plazier Fifteen barely in the background, but it's just trees and grass. Yeah. Um, yeah. Like someone shooting cosplay in their backyard. Okay. I know. Okay. Uh, we're cool. So I guess what does that mean for the critical rating here? Um. um the we the worst this episode is the premiere at a seven. Um, maybe a tiny bump above a, a bump above that simply because the story was more. The story cohesive. was actually kind of good, and like the yeah. crime aspect was. was yeah, cool. it was cool. So um, I, yeah. seven five, seven seven five. If it's a seven five, it's a set. It's basically an eighty percent. Seven seven five gives it or seven five bumps it up. That work? You didn't change anything there. That's weird. Um, did I go? Oh, seven five or seven seven five? Yeah, eight two five out of seven seven five. Um, which ties it with episode three. Seven five. Take her down. Okay. Uh, yeah. So an eighty percent, which puts it below three. The only one. It's the sec. Now that's the second lowest episode. Is six because then it's three. Yeah, it goes one at a seven five eight, then chapter six at an eighty or eighty one, and then eight two five for chapter three. Yeah, and you know this is we've we've had our gripes with the season, but our ratings always end up coming out pretty kindly. You know, uh, for the worst episode of the season to be a seventy six is not so bad, and for the second second worst to be a B minus, you know, it's all B to A range. That's not bad. Uh, it's not. It's not bad at all. Um, so, yeah. 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 With that, I think we'll conclude this episode of Rebellions Bloom. And uh, yeah. if you're if you're wanting to head on over to our other episode covering the most recent episode of The Mandalorian, season three, episode seven, The Spies. That's already up and already talked about. So, go check that out. Head to patreon.com slash pennybloompod where you'll find over 50 hours of exclusive content, including all sorts of book reviews, comic book reviews, movie reviews, a whole bunch of stuff. For $3 a month, you can support this podcast financially. 
which is huge because it costs me money and I don't make any off of it unless it's over there. So if you would head to Twitter, follow at Penny Bloom Pod, follow on Instagram at Penny Bloom Podcast. Remember to leave a five star rate and review wherever you might be listening um, or four stars. I don't got beef with that. That's cool. Anything lower. I don't know. Keep it to yourself. Um, <laughs> but yeah, uh, please, please do that. It's it's a great help in terms of search metrics. P- the Everything that pops up when you look up like, you know, Star Wars or Game of Thrones or anything else we might be covering. We will not be popping up towards the top of those of those lists because we don't have hardly any reviews. The most reviews go to the top of the list. So uh need that engagement. It's very helpful. Um if you were fucking with me and Joe today, be sure to stick around for the next uh for the next few weeks. Friday we continue our comic book movie journey through film. And that is going to be Blade 2, which was a movie that we discussed, and it was solid. And, yeah, it's a fun conversation. Yeah, I'll check it out. But uh, Monday, we continue our Game of Thrones rewatch podcast. We are hitting the halfway point of Season 3. It is uh, Season 3, Episode 5, Kissed by Fire. And I'm excited for you guys to hear that. If you're a Game of Thrones fan... You got to be checking that out. It's such a joy to be rewatching this show and rewatching it week to week is so rewarding. So you got to listen to that. Um, we're going to be starting our top 100 Star Wars characters here soon, uh, here in a couple weeks when May the 4th rolls around. No better way to celebrate uh, this this franchise that we love than uh, than a top 100 favorite characters in it. That's a, it's a joy. Got to check that out. Is there anything else on the horizon? Do we have anything else? I think that's... Uh... I think that's it until Mando finale. Um, After the Mando finale, the Ahsokast begins. Right. Yeah, that'll be the. I was like, I know there's one thing. There's one thing I'm missing in my head. Uh, the Ahsokast. Once Mandalorian ends, we are going to be reliving the best moments of Ahsoka's journey as a character because Ahsoka is coming out in August. We don't know exactly the date yet, but in the meantime, we're going to be reliving all the stuff from the Clone Wars movie all the way through the Mandalorian season two, episode five kind of just re revisiting Ahsoka, refreshing Clone Wars, Rebels, Mandalorian, all of it. We're we're watching it, we're talking about it. And uh I can't wait to do so. Such a great character and I can't wait to discuss more there. With that, I was Colton Robertson. I was joined by Joseph George. Thank you very much, homie. Oh, thank you for having me. It's always a pleasure to be here. Oh, and it's always a pleasure to have you. And remember, peace, love and bloom. It's gonna be okay. It's gonna be okay. <laughs>